Dragnet. The Jack Benny program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about seven minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. To my right, the vivacious one herself, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl. What's going on? Well, we have classic radio shows all the way to 1 o'clock in the morning. The Great Gildersleeve starts things off in a few minutes. After that, it's Gunsmoke. But first, we have Dan Jaffe and Dave Weiske from Cat's Pride. They are here, the CEO and VP of Customer Success. Success. And uh, they're here to give away another year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter. Dan and Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I have to ask, is it Harold Perry as the great It killer? is Harold Perry as okay, the great I just killer. See, to make sure. Dan knows his classic radio. I, I can tell you that. He, you know, and he's been our sponsor from day one here on the WGN Radio Theater over four years now. Thank you so much for that. Couldn't uh, be happier to have uh, such a great sponsor as Cat's Pride. And every single month, Dan and Dave come in and give away a year's supply of Cat's Pride kitty litter to one of our lucky winners. And we're going to pick someone in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about Cat's Pride and the Litter for Good program. Yeah, we're very proud of the Litter for Good program. This is something that was a sort of an inspiration from uh, being involved with the Anti-Cruelty Society here in Chicago, where we've been donating litter to them for over 20 years. And I realized how important it was to their annual budget, and I thought maybe it would be important to shelters throughout the country. But I needed uh, America to let me know, and the way they did was every time they buy a green jug of Cat's Pride, we donate a pound of litter to a shelter in need. And last year was the first full year, 2018, and we donated nearly 5 million pounds of litter to over 1,000 shelters coast to coast. Unbelievable. Yeah, wow, wow. And remarkable. Mike Costello's here, too. Hey, guys. Mike's going Mike's gonna to chime in, too, as well. But um, Litter for Good. Now, you started it last year. It's been just a little over a year. Today. Yeah, it's been a year. And, again, you, you talk about... Think about five million pounds of donations for the, the the shelters that need this particular product. It's a it's a staple item for every uh, litter shelter that is out there that is you know caring for cats. And and now we're on a trajectory because our goal is really twenty million pounds by the end of twenty twenty, which is really exciting. Now, again, the user. Um, the customer that goes out can purchase and join catspride.com and basically join the club and basically for free for free yeah there's no charge and and ultimately you purchase one jug and every jug you purchase one pound is being donated to your shelter of choice it could be one that's local to you or someone that you know further out but i mean the the results are phenomenal and and what we're seeing is great results with regard to what we're donating and more importantly 
those shelters are turning those donations into action with regard to what they do inside the shelter and what they do with that money, which is very, very They important. don't have to spend money on uh, kitty litter, thanks to you guys. So someone listening out there, they have a kitty cat, and maybe they're, for some crazy reason, not using Cat's Pride. So they should switch over to Cat's Pride because it's the best product. Now, just real quickly, why is it the best product out there? Well, we are really the only manufacturer that can say with the certainty we do, because we we mine our own product, we package our own product, we process it, and we ship it by ourselves. And and pretty much everybody else, for some or all of their product line, is buying a lot of materials from other people. And for the the Fresh and Light Ultimate Care and for the White Cat's Pride Jug Scoopable, that's all of our litter. And by the way, when you we do a lot of private labels, we'll do up and up for Target, and we do Walmart. So we make about 17% of the cat litter in the United States. So we're definitely a big player, but you're right. 83% of the people are not buying our cat litter, and we would love them to buy it. And right. more importantly, if I can just butt mm-hmm. in, is the fact that it's lightweight. So when you see a truck, you see a semi, when you're driving on the highway and you're looking to go look at all these trucks we are contributing to a co2 emission reduction basically taking almost half the trucks off the road so it's a very green product but more importantly than what i said yes absolutely. <laughs> not dave, more importantly dave will not be here next month I know. <laughs> well so first of all it's not only the best kitty litter on the market it's lightweight. It's uh, it's the best for order control and all of these reasons. So first of all, folks, everyone listening, do us a favor. Switch over to Cat's Pride and then go to catspride.com, correct? That's right. Catspride.com. Join the Cat's Pride Club. Walk us through that. And if you don't want to join... If you just want to give, we have an option to do that as well, Dan. All right. Well, I'll start with the joining, and you can go to the okay. giving. So you go to catspride.com, and you uh, join the Cat's Pride Club for free, and then you look for your shelter in the drop-down. And if it's not there, you can write them in, and then we'll add them. And then the pro rata nominations they get determines how much how much clay they're going to get, how many tons of cat litter they're going to get wow. during the course of the year. And we... Um, like I said, donated over uh, just under five million pounds in 2018. And what that tr- uh, what happens here is those those um, shelters don't have to spend money on cat litter, and they can use that money to hopefully get that cat donated, adopted. Or use that money for other reasons to help those cats. Well, the grim reality is three million cats enter U.S. shelters every year, and only a million and a half get adopted. So. No, and that's why this money is very, very important. So help the cats uh, that need your help switch over to Cats Pride and join the Cats Pride Club. Yeah, and we, uh, as you said before, we've been working with you since we started here at WGN Radio Theater, and that's not a coincidence. Um, not only are you a generous company um, and you have a superior product, but you guys are great people, and you know we appreciate the relationship with you. And Lisa, yep, and your cat is a Cats Pride cat. Correct. Well, of course. Okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go any other way. And your company and here is right here in Chicago. And right in the Wrigley Building. Right in the Wrigley yeah. Building. So It's, it's a, all local, it's live, Chicago. just like WGN Radio. That's right. And very generous, as Lisa say, uh, because every uh, says because every single month we give away uh, a year's supply of Cat's Pride Kitty Litter to one of our lucky listeners. And, uh, folks, uh, all you have to do is take a picture of your cat and send it in to us at catspridephoto at gmail.com. Make sure you uh, tell us your name, your cat's name, city, and state. And we have 
hundreds and hundreds of people sending in the pictures every single month, and we're about to uh, pick another one right now, right? Yeah, if we can get a drum roll. Drum roll, please. And the winner is Carl Amari. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, we, we do you no good. No. All right. <laughs> the winner is Barbara Goldman. Her cat is Little Gus, and she is from Cary, Illinois. All right. Wow, that's awesome. There we go. So, Dave, tell us where people can get cats, pride, kitty litter. Sure. So, from a brick-and-mortar perspective, again, when you're out shopping, go to Meyer Jewel, you can go to Walmart, uh, Woodman's, um, Super Value in the local Chicago Reach area. Then you can talk about going out farther, because this is what I loved about your bandwidth. Again, Publix down in Florida, we've had we've had uh, customers that have reached out to us from Publix in Florida. And, and if you don't have time to go out and shop for litter, don't forget about the convenience of e-commerce shopping. So we have Walmart.com and Chewy.com, which all these uh, these avenues for your purchase are there for our CatsPride.com catalog. Very, very good, and uh, and it's not and you know, said it's not a coincidence. Dan loves classic radio too, so it's a perfect marriage. He probably has hundreds and hundreds of uh, classic radio shows. He's, I do. He's a fan, and he loves suspense. And you have hundreds and hundreds of cats in your apartment, <laughs> so that's perfect, Yes, all too. over my apartment, exactly. Well, Dan and Dave, thank you so much, as always. Great to see you, and thanks for being so generous. And, uh, folks, make sure you get your picture in for next month, because they'll be back, and you may be a big winner, right? Yep. Yeah, we'll see you the end of next thanks. month. Thanks much, Cats Bride Nation and WGN Nation. We really appreciate the support. All right. All right, thanks, guys. We'll be Thank back you. with the great Gildersleeve right after these words. Okay, here's how to win pucks and prog on WGN Radio. First, you listen. WGN. Then you call. Then you win a Blackhawks fan package. Then you listen again. WGN. Then you win the big prize. Then you get on a plane. Then you land in Prague. Look around, have a beer. Then watch the Blackhawks. Follow all that. Me neither. Listen to the Steve Cochran Show Tuesday morning at 740. He's got all the details how you and a guest can fly to Europe to see the Blackhawks open their 2019 season in Prague, Czech Republic against the Flyers. Win the ultimate Blackhawks fan getaway. Pucks in Prague. Right here on Blackhawks Radio 720 WGN. Complete details including official rules at WGNRadio.com slash contest. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know promotional products work because they're everywhere from sales meetings and corporate events to trade shows. Ever wondered why or how to best use promotional products to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away an ebook called Promotional Products Work, absolutely free. To everyone who texts RADIO to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free ebook will reveal valuable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, help your cause, or simply grow your business. Get the ebook Promotional Products Work absolutely free by texting RADIO to 88988.
That's R-A-D-I-O to 88988. Hi, this is Carl Amari. I started the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com, where each month you can receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time on five CDs in a collector case. Join now and receive your first month's 10 classic radio shows on five CDs, regularly priced at $39.95 for only $1 plus shipping and handling. Choose the digital option and receive your 10 classic radio shows via email and eliminate the shipping and handling fee. Each month, I'll select 10 more of the greatest classic radio shows of all time from my library of over 100,000 shows and send them to you. And I promise every show will be superior sound quality and you'll never receive a duplicate show. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com and receive your first month's 10 classic radio shows for only $1. And I'll also send you detailed liner notes on every show. I know you're going to love being a Classic Radio Club member, but if you decide to cancel your membership, you can do so at any time with no further obligation. Join now at Classic Radio Club. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, ClassicRadioClub.com. The man who uh, digitally remasters those shows is right here, Mike Costello. What's up, Mike? Hey, how's it going? And uh, you like the CDs, right? Lisa likes the digital. I'm liking the digital. um, But you can join the CD program or you can join the digital program. And Mike remasters the masters. We not only get the masters from the rights holders, but then Mike makes them sound even better than what they sounded like when they originally aired. So technology has gotten pretty good with removing declick or removing clicks and pops and hiss. So I have a bunch of those tools and I apply that to all of these shows that we have on the Classic Radio Club. Yep, folks, you should join the Classic Radio Club. It's only a dollar the first month. You get 10 of the greatest classic radio shows sent to you each and every month, right, Lisa? Yeah, what I was going to say was this is what we can offer you is the supreme quality of the shows that you can't find anywhere else. So um, that's what's really special about the Classic Radio Club, amongst other things. I also write copious liner notes for each and every show. You can get five CDs sent to you each month with 10 shows or get those 10 shows digitally uh, sent to you via email. You'll never get a duplicate show. They're always uh, intact. No editing is done to them. They sound amazing. You should check it out. Go to ClassicRadioClub.com. Join for only a dollar the first month, and you can cancel at any time. ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, time for the Great Gildersleeve. Let's go back to May 21st, 1944. This is called The City Employee's Picnic. It stars Hal Perry, part one now of The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) The Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. Kraft brings you The Great Gildersleeve every week at this time, written by John Whedon and Sam Moore. join our friend the great Gildersleeve, who is still suffering the pangs of conscience for his momentary lapse into the arms of Leela Ransom a few days ago. He's also suffering because Eve Goodwin hasn't spoken to him since he confessed his slip. We find him now at home trying to gather courage to telephone her. <laughs> Let's see. I could just pretend there's nothing wrong at all. Pretend the whole thing was a bad dream. Well, Eve, I can say, how have you been? Where have you been keeping yourself? No good. Maybe I could ask her some kind of a question about my campaign. 
Asked her how to get the women's vote. Oh, no, that wouldn't do. <laughs> Maybe if don't I... Don't be ridiculous, Leroy. This costume is just right. I don't care if it's right or wrong. I won't wear it. You'll have to wear it. Who'll make me? Leroy, what is all this, Marjorie? She's Leroy has to, to be in a maypole dance. Stop it, stop it, one at a time. What is this? Leroy has to take part in a maypole dance at Mayor Terwilliger's picnic, and he just... Just a minute. Let's get one thing straight around here. It's not Mayor Terwilliger's picnic. It's the annual outing of Summerfield City employees. The city pays for it. The invitation says that the mayor is paying for the ice cream. Well, the city pays the mayor. What's this about a maypole dance? The school kids have to do it. Some idea of Miss Goodwin. If it's Miss Goodwin's idea, it's all right. I want you to cooperate 100%, Leroy, at least. A maypole dance. That's kid stuff, huh? It's not kid stuff at all. Why, a few hundred years ago, the maypole dance was a universal custom. The peasants used to dance around the maypole every spring. Grown-up peasants, too. Well, I ain't a peasant. We needn't go into that. If Miss Goodwin's putting on a maypole dance, you'll take part, Leroy, just like the rest of the children. Oh, I wouldn't mind that so much, but I got a special part. Oh? What is it? I have to present the crown to the Queen of the May. They made me want me to wear this little old Fauntleroy suit and to walk up there with a crown on a pillow. And then I have to kneel down and present it to the Queen of the May. Well, I think that's a very... And who do you suppose is Queen of the May? Who? Ethel Hammerschlag. <laughs> oh, Leroy, you make me sick. Ethel Hammerschlag is a very nice little girl. Oh, yeah, the new crowner. <laughs> I not only have to crown her, but then I have to sit beside her on her throne. I don't even want to go to Terwilliger's old picnic. It's not Terwilliger's picnic, and you'll go. And by George, you'll wear that costume. But these pants are too tight. This suit is two years old. It's as good as new. You've never worn it. And today you will. Now go upstairs and put it on. Oh, for corn's sake. Go, Leroy. Okay. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Gillsleeve. What about lunch for the mayor's picnic? You want hard-boiled eggs? Ye gods, Bertie. This picnic is not the personal property of Mayor Terwilliger. The city is paying for an outing for its employees. Yes, sir. You want hard-boiled eggs? I'm not going. <laughs> Give the children whatever you have. Oh, Uncle Mort, I think you ought to go. And watch Terwilliger swelling around as if he owned the park? No, thank you. I fixed some fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And some nice cucumber sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Little mayonnaise on them, Bertie? Uh, just a touch. Then I could put in some of them little baby tomatoes. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> I thought I might just whip up a quick devil's food cake, Mr. Gillsleeve, but if you ain't going to the picnic, maybe I shouldn't bother. Well, the children will enjoy it. Besides, it never does any harm to have a cake around the house, Bertie. <laughs> no, sir. Well, I'd better get with it. Well, I should think you'd want to go to the picnic, Uncle Maud. I should think you'd want to see Leroy as King of the May. I'd rather imagine it. <laughs> I thought you'd be taking Miss Goodwin to the picnic. By George, maybe I should, eh? I might call her up and ask her. Why not? I think I will. Uh. What's the matter? Marjorie, I wonder if you'd mind going out on the porch or something just for a minute. I, uh... <laughs> All right, Unky. I'll leave you alone. Yeah, great. Now... Excuse me, Mr. Gillsleeve, but have Birdie, you... Got... I'm trying to telephone, if you don't mind. Oh, pardon me. Must be something private. Uh, <laughs> like trying to phone from a cigar store. What if she says no? But if I don't call her, how can she say yes? I don't know how I get into these things. All right, Uncle, I'll leave it to you. Is this a costume? Oh, for heaven's sake, I'm trying to telephone, Leroy. Go ahead. Leave the room, Leroy. Hey, there goes Mrs. Ransom. Are you going to take her to the picnic? Certainly not. Well, she seems to be heading this way. Oh, my goodness. Uncle, what's the matter? Nothing. Is she coming here, Leroy? How do I know? 
Hey, what are you doing behind the sofa? Where is he? Coming up the front walk. Tell her I'm out, Leroy. But you're right here. You wouldn't want me to tell a lie, would you, Unc? You won't be telling any lie, my boy. Tell her I'm out. You don't know when I'll be back. What a character. Mr. Gillespie. Well, hello, Phoebe. Be right with you. I'm just measuring out some mothballs here. <laughs> right ahead with whatever you're doing. I just dropped in. Oh, just paying a little visit, eh? That's nice. No, I'm avoiding a little visit. What's that you say? <laughs> a little difficulty at home, Peavy. I came down here to avoid it. Oh, well, I know how it is. There are times when Mrs. Peavy and I have our little fallings out. She says it is, and I say it isn't. She says it is, and I say it isn't. And she says it is. And you and... say it isn't. That's right. <laughs> it goes on like that, and by and by she gets impatient. And she says to me, Richard, you're a stubborn old fool. <laughs> but I fix her. Oh, how? I just say to her, well, now, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> and then I go take a walk. Peavy, you're right. You're a stubborn old fool. Well, now, I... Oh, you're dashing, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> but you know, it, it works. It's the only way to handle them. When the wife and I have one of our little tussles, I know just as sure as I walk out that door, if I just hold out long enough, she'll give in. Well, that's a good system. There's uh, only one trouble. What's that? I never can seem to hold out long enough. <laughs> well, you're no different from the rest of us. Well, I... Oh, excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. If you don't mind my asking, who was the party you came down here to avoid? I'm not mentioning the lady's name, Peavy. I'm withholding that information as a gentleman should. I only ask because I'm afraid I see her coming in the shop now. Uh, Miss Goodwin. Miss Goodwin? I'm not avoiding her. Or am I? <laughs> well, anyway, I guess I'm trapped. Oh, hello, Eve. Good morning, Throckmorton. Long time no see. <laughs> Good morning, Miss Peavy. Hmm. Morning, Miss Goodwin. Nice day. Yes, it is. I'd like to. It about... was a little foggy this morning, though, but about 9.30 the sun broke through, so it turned out nice after all. I'd like a bottle of cologne, Mr. Peavy, if you have it. Cologne? No, there. I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you, Miss Goodwin. Uh, cologne is very hard to get these days. Cologne is very hard to get. Yeah. I put in an order back about Christmas time, but all they were able to send me was a grocer razor blades, which I, of course, was bound to get, but it wasn't quite... Like that all over. I heard of a fellow in the hardware business who, who, uh, uh, excuse me. Have you anything else, Mr. Peavy? Any toilet water? Well, yes, I have. Let's get my glasses on here. Yeah, I have two here. Now, this one is called Parlement d'Amour. Same as the perfume. It has a very nice smell. Oh, that's very nice. I know that one. I used to buy that for... Oh, it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve. Just, I just love The Great Gildersleeve. I, I'm sorry if my brother doesn't like this show, but I love it. Um, it's one of those shows that people love it, or they just don't. No, I think most, most people, people like, love it. Most people like the great Gildersleeve. Now, Hal Perry is playing Gildersleeve, and the girl there in the scene who is playing Eve Goodwin is B. Benaderet. B. Benaderet was on a million television shows, a million radio shows, but she was the voice of 
Betty Rubble on uh, the on the uh, Flintstones. Flintstones. Yeah, on the Flintstones. You'll recognize her voice when you uh, we get back to it in just a few minutes. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. This Memorial Day weekend, please arrive alive, never drink and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, and Will Counties, and statewide on all major holidays, including Memorial Day weekend. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. This tip by AIM, the Alliance against intoxicated motorists for information visit www.aaim1.org all right time now for the conclusion to the great gildersleeve i think perhaps i'd prefer the other one what's that yes you'd probably prefer the other one pb let's have a look at that well let's see this one is called moment of passion <laughs> <laughs> May I smell it? Yeah, let her smell it, Phoebe. Certainly. I can get the stuffer out. Take a little sometime. Here, I'm strong. Let me do it, Phoebe. I got it. There you are, Miss Goodwin. Oh, that is nice. Uh, care to smell it, Mr. Gildersleeve? Oh, no, no. Whatever's all right with Eve is all right with me. <laughs> a lot of the ladies seem to like this one. I think I'll take it. How much is that? That'll be, let's see, it's written on the bottom here. A dollar seventy-five and 20% tax, two ten. It's all paid for, Eve. Here you are, Peavy. Oh, no, please. I don't want you to. Here, Mr. Peavy. It's all paid for. But I couldn't think it's of having no it. It's no use, Eve. Keep Rock your money. Morton, if you don't mind. Well, uh, okay. Gosh. There's uh, 210, and 5 is 215. 225, 250, and 50 is $3. Thank you. Uh, here's your parcel. Thank you. Goodbye, Mr. Peavy. Goodbye. Oh, Eve, just a minute. Yes? I mean, uh, speaking of the weather, Eve, I mean, uh, are you going to the picnic today, Eve? I expect to, yes. Some of the children from the school are giving a little performance. Yeah, I know. Leroy, he can hardly wait. Are you going with anybody in particular? I'm going with a group of the teachers. Oh. Well, perhaps I'll see you around. Perhaps. Goodbye, Mr. Peavy. And goodbye. Goodbye, Eve. See you around. <laughs> uh, little trouble there, Mr. Gillespie? What do you think? <laughs> Well, so it goes. Are you going to the mayor's picnic? I don't know. Whole thing is just a political scheme to get votes anyway. And she won't go with me. Well, a lot of things can happen at a picnic. I went to a picnic once. That's when I was a young fellow. I was working for a wholesale drug firm at the time. Dunninger and Holtz, it was. Well, sir, I, I went to this picnic, and who do you suppose I met there? Your future wife. Mm, somebody told you. You did. Oh, did I? <laughs> well, it's a fact. That's the way I met her. Now, who knows? If you go to this picnic today... I've why... already met my future wife, Peavy. Only she won't speak to me. For all I know, she won't be my wife, either. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Oh, no? You just saw her, didn't you? Saw the way she treated me. Yes, I did. As if I were a skunk. Well, she wasn't very neighborly. <laughs> but, uh, what I always say is actions speak louder than words. Oh? What do you mean? Let me ask you something, Mr. Gillespie. Has she given you back your ring? Why, no, no, she hasn't. Mm-hmm. What are you worrying about, then? She'll come around. Peavy, by George. Maybe I will go to that picnic. I would, if I were you. After all, what's a picnic without a skunk? 
Now back to Summerfield and the Great Gildersleeve. The city employees' picnic is well underway with games for the children, tests of strength and skill for the gentlemen, and special events for the ladies, all to the strains of the sanitation department band. Folks, just a minute, please. Uh, Terwilliger's going to talk some more. Uh, when you've finished your lunches, you'll find ice cream is being served at that table under the tree there. All absolutely free with the compliments of your old friend and our next mayor, Cyrus L. Terwilliger. Oh, that's me. <laughs> the big ham. Eat hearty, folks. Yeah, sure. Eat hearty, folks. We'll all come out of your taxes. Well, how about it, Uncle Mort? Should we have lunch? We better grab some places. Now, Leroy, you'll not grab anything. I wonder if Miss Goodwin's around. Oh, let's invite her to have lunch with us. Yeah. Oh, I see her. Hey, Miss Goodwin. Hey. <laughs> Leroy, that's no way. Well, here she comes. Oh, you hoo Will you sit here with us, Miss Goodwin? I'd love to, Marjorie. Great. I'll tell you what you do, children. Uh, don't you, why don't you go over and eat at that table over there where all the children are and leave Miss Goodwin and me? But, Unc, I want to eat with Miss Goodwin. Do as I tell you, Leroy. Take your lunch and go over there. There's a nice place right at the end of the table. Well, Throckmorton, I don't think you ought to send them off. Run along, Leroy. You too, Marjorie. Uncle Mort, I'm not a child. Then you're old enough to realize that I have things to say to Miss Goodwin. Now, will you run along? <laughs> well... Put it that way. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything to say to you, Throckmorton. I came over because Leroy asked me. Eve, please, you don't have to say anything. Just sit here and share my lunch with me. Really, I'm not hungry. Or I'd have brought my own lunch. Oh, come on, Eve. I've got plenty. I've got loads here. You see, fried chicken. Here are two drumsticks. One for you and one for me. Boo. Oh. <laughs> Judge Hooker, how you startle me. Uh, won't you join us, Judge? Yes, yes. Thank you, I'd be delighted. But I seem to have mislaid my lunch. I can't imagine... Oh, Throckmorton has lots of lunch. Oh, we're full of lunch. <laughs> Do sit down. Throckmorton would be only too glad to have you share his lunch, wouldn't you, Throckmorton? Sure. Oh, goat. <laughs> In that case, I'll be only too glad to accept the invitation. Well, this is cozy, isn't it, Gildy? Three's the crowd, Judge. Oh, now, don't say that. Have a drumstick, Judge? Oh, thank you. I seem to be a little hungry today for some reason. You're always hungry. <sighs> well, I want to tell you, that's the finest fried chicken I've ever put in my mouth. Wipe your chin. Throckmorton, oh. a drumstick for you? No, thanks. What? I'm not hungry. Oh, come now, that's nonsense. There's all this chicken here. Go ahead and try it, Gilly. It's marvelous. Thank you, Judge. That's very generous of you. <laughs> but I seem to have lost my appetite. Oh, well, all right. Ah, but you're missing something. Finest fried chicken I ever tasted. I'm glad now that I couldn't find my lunch. You never had a lunch, and you know it. <laughs> you old goat, why don't you eat the paper plate, too? Oh, here's Mayor Terwilliger. Oh, what does he want? Well, 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 this is a merry little group. Miss Goodwin. How do you do? Judge. Have some fried chicken? No, no, thank you. Oh, there, Gildersleeve. <clears throat> I'm uh, going to have to ask you gentlemen if I can borrow this lady for a little while. What? We're having a pie-eating contest after lunch. I'm going to require some assistance from the fair sex in judging it, and if Miss Goodwin here will do me the honor... I'd be delighted. Splendid. Oh, but uh, finish your lunch first. I've finished, thank you. Oh, let me assist you to your feet, then. But, Eve, you haven't eaten a thing. Eve, you're not going. Sorry, Gildersleeve, but duty calls. Uh -huh. You said yourself, Throckmorton, three's a crowd. 
So I'll leave you two together. Excuse me. This way to the arena. Well, Gildy. And I wind up with you. Like to hold hands, Gildy? <laughs> oh, shut up. I've got a good mind to go home, but I'm not going to. I'll show her, and I'll show him, too. I'll show people who's the best man around here. I'm going to enter that pie-eating contest, and I'm going to win it. You do that, Gildy. You just do that. I'm going to. You just show her. You bet I will. You get into that contest and prove to her that there isn't a man in Summerfield who can make a bigger pig of himself than you can. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen... Gentlemen, could I have your attention for a moment, please? Yeah, what'd I tell you, Judge? He's gonna make another speech. Now just keep your shirt on, Gildy. All you can do is be a good sport. Ladies and gentlemen, friends of Summerfield, I only hope you've all had as pleasant a time so far as I've had myself. Thank you, thank you. I know some of you have had a good time. There's a certain politician, for instance, who enjoyed winning the pie-eating contest. Why, you... <laughs> I won't mention his name because he's my political opponent. <laughs> but I can tell you he's a little on the stout side. I wouldn't say he's exactly fat, but I understand one time he had the mumps for two weeks before he found it out. <laughs> Be a good sport, Gildy. Laugh! <laughs> Uh, now, uh, we're not going to have any speeches today, folks. This is just a social occasion. At the same time, if I may take a moment, I would like to call your attention to one or two facts about the political situation at this time. Now, in the year 1776, what was Summerfield? 1776. In the year 1776, Summerfield was just a tiny village. But in that tiny village were all the seeds of the summer field that was to grow into the great and prosperous city of today. This could go on for days. The glorious tradition of Summerfield began to grow and expand. In the year 1812, what do we find? This isn't a speech, it's a filibuster, Judge. The year 1812 saw the establishment of Summerfield's first manufacturing concern. That concern, my friends, was the Summerfield Ironworks, whose sleds and washboards have since made the name of our city famous throughout the country. Is he going to tell about every business in town? We come to the year 1813, and what do we find? We want Gildersleeve! The banner year of 1813! We want Gildersleeve! Hey, Gildersleeve, how about a song? Yeah, give us a song! Yeah, a song! Yeah, a song! Yeah, a song. Yeah, a song. Well, now, that's an idea. That's yes. Uh, uh, we've all heard your reputation as a singer, Mr. Gildersleeve. Would you like to croon something for our friends? Well, I'm no professional. So I've heard. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I understand that as a singer, Mr. Gildersleeve is a howling success. <laughs> yeah. He will now oblige us with a ditty assisted by the street cleaning department band. <laughs> You're trying to put me on the spot, Terwilliger. Well, sing and get off of it. Why, George, I'll... Well, uh, Mr. Leader. Number 18, boys. Oh. Love is just a game the two are playing. Love is nothing but a game of chance for the one who chooses 
very often loses. Love is never sure to be romance. Danger always lurks in Cupid's arrows, but he hasn't aimed at you and me. If you are thinking of some other boy to love, you may always know that you are free. Thank you, ladies. Thanks. That's all, Gildersleeve. To Williger, I'll sing just as long as there's a demand for the stuff. You can sing all night for my dough, Commissioner. Well, thank you. Well, you can't sing all night for mine. Well, you can't stop. Oh, yes, I can. Quiet, quiet. You there, leader. Uh, yes, Your Honor. Take that bunch of straight cleaners home. Or you'll all lose your brooms in the morning. <laughs> You were wonderful. Huh? Wasn't he wonderful, Miss Goodwin? He certainly was, Marjorie. Did you hear the way that crowd cheered? Well, I think he could run for president. Yeah, Uncle's is a regular Sinatra. Yes. <laughs> run along, little boy, run along. I suppose you'd like me to run along, too, huh? Well, the sidewalk isn't wide enough for all of us, my dear. Why don't you and Leroy just walk ahead, huh? <laughs> Run along, Leroy. Give him a break. How much is there in it for me? Leroy. Okay, okay. Uh, that's a boy. Well, shall we start home, Throckmorton? Oh, if you'd like. <laughs> I was very proud of you this afternoon, Throckmorton. Oh, that's all? Yes. I, I thought you handled a difficult situation very well. Mm, nothing much. <laughs> it could have been very embarrassing. You know, when Terwilliger got you up there to sing, he was trying to make you ridiculous. Ah, uh, that was his mistake. I think he found that out. It's Rockmorton. Yes? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Eve, what's the use of bluffing? I can't be mad at you. Well, I can't stay mad at you. When you sing the way you did just now, I don't know, something happens to me. Oh, well, that's because I was singing to you, Eve. Just you. Were you? You think I could sing that way to anybody else? Oh, darling. It's been so long. <laughs> hey, look, for Pete's sake, come on! Oh, hey! Oh, let's go, Mark. They'll be there all night. <laughs> Hi, George. That's pretty nice. Listen to this, Marjorie. Huh? What is it? It's a letter from Maddie Parsons. Uh, she's Frank Parsons' wife. You know, the fellow that reads the meters for us? Oh, yes. What's she writing you about? Well, she just wanted to thank me for keeping him on the payroll those weeks when he was out sick, you remember? Mm -hmm. But listen to this, my dear. She says, By the way, Mr. Gildersleeve, I want to tell you how thankful we both are that Frank went in on the payroll savings plan at the water department. We've always tried to save money, but with one thing and another... It always seemed to slip away somehow. But now we've laid away a war bond every month for 17 months. It'll be a nice little nest egg. Luckily, we didn't have to cash in any of the bonds to pay for Frank's illness. 
But it was sure nice to know that the money was there in case we did need it. Well, is everybody down at the water department in on the payroll savings plan? Oh, the smart ones are, my dear. Because there isn't a better investment in this whole world or an easier way to save money. Think it over, folks. Good night. Music on this program was directed by Claude Sweet. This is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, makers of Parquet Margarine and a complete line of famous quality food products. Kraft invites you to listen in again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company. That's The Great Gildersleeve, May 21st, 1944, starring Hal Perry. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. All right. Well, you know what, Lisa? We have Hour 2 of the WGN Radio Theater, and we're going to play a great episode of Gunsmoke going back to 1955. Ah, that is absolutely right, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. Man, you must be like a fortune teller or a... Either that, I've been hanging out with you for just a a wee bit too long. (laughs) About four years and a month too long. (laughs) I'll say. Uh, All right. uh, So stick around because, as Lisa said, gun smoke is coming your way in the next hour. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. The proud and honorable men and women of our military are still overseas sacrificing their lives and their families' emotions for another country's freedom. Please pray for the courageous troops of our military. This salute, courtesy of designer decks by MJ, in Morris, where they are working hard for the future of our great community. For information, call 815-941-4910. 815-941-4910. Designer decks by MJ is thanking our military for their dedication and service. Okay, so Lisa Wolf, you know what? I do know what. What? I told you what already. Gun We're going to go play Gunsmoke. We're going to go all the way back to August of 1955. Doc quits, and it's with William Conrad, of course. But first, we're going to play our game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. Right. We have a little cat sprite. Did I just is learn it... you something there? <laughs> we have a little cat sprite. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Who's the celeb? The celebrity is Hillary Swink. Yeah. And we are going to be giving away the highly coveted desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weather Makers. All right. What is uh, the caller number? Caller number 62. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How about caller number 5? We're right. going to call right now, 312-981-7200. Call now, and we're looking for caller 5. We will be right back. Come on, baby. Let's All right, we have Bob on the phone. He's going to help us play our really ridiculous tonight. Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Good. We're glad you made it through. We're going to do a little Real or Ridiculous with Hillary Swank. Carl is your lifeline. All right. Here we go. All right. Number one. Hillary is the first woman to win an Oscar in a role as a boxer. Real or Ridiculous? Real. I'm going to agree with Bob. That is absolutely real. You are both right. All right. There you go. I was waiting for the sound effect. It makes it all. Number two. She was cast in the eighth season of Frasier. Uh, ridiculous. Um, I'm going to agree with Bob. Bob knows his Hillary Swank. You are both absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Number three. Hillary is one of People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful, beautiful People three times. Real. 
I'm going to agree with Bob. He knows what he's talking about. Carl, you're just lucky you got them right because you had Bob Bob's on the smart. Phone. Bob knows what he's talking about. Bob, you are a winner. And it, honestly, I know there's only three facts, but it is actually very rare to get all of them correct. So kudos to you. You have won the very special desktop indoor weather station brought to you by American Weathermakers Heating and Cooling. And of course, they are the 60-Minute Men. Give them a call at 855-955-HVAC. Thank you, Bob. You're a great player. Thank you. Take care. All right, Bob. It really knows his stuff. Yeah, you were helpful. You know, it's like... I was going to say, you're supposed to be the lifeline, but actually, I believe he was your lifeline. Well, I could tell just as soon as he was on the... I could just tell he was a smart smart. I guy. just feel like you need a lifeline. And, and I'm not smart. And Bob so, is just the one. Bob is smart. I so. didn't say smart or not smart. I just <laughs> said Bob's a great lifeline. You know, when it comes to classic radio, you know... Eh, I you know, know your I stuff. Know my, I know my classic radio. Other than that? But other than yeah. that, not so much. I didn't say not it. Not so much. I didn't say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you ready for gun smoke? I am. I am. All right. Well, you know the whole history about gun smoke? Well, which part Would you like to know about 20 minutes worth of gun smoke history? No, maybe just about a minute. How about a minute then? That's you want perfect. me to cut it down to a minute? Can you? Well, I know you like to talk, but Norman McDonald, <laughs> Norman McDonald was one of radio's greatest producer directors, and he came up with the idea for an adult western. You know, he was a producer and director on Suspense, Philip Marlowe. I mean, you know, and he was just like, I think we need an adult western, and let you know there was a lot of westerns on radio: Lone Ranger, Cisco Kid. There was Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. There was Roy Rogers, Gene Autry. These were all kind of for kids, right? So he said, no, let's let's create an adult Western. And the interesting thing is they created the adult Western genre on radio. And guess what happened when TV came? It was like it dominated television. There was Westerns everywhere on television. So Norman MacDonald was really one of the fathers of the adult Western. He created Gunsmoke and hired William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon, Parley Bears, Chester Proudfoot, all these other great actors on the show. He had these amazing writers, and it was a phenom, phenomenal show on radio, right? right? It was so popular on radio that when television came about, right. they said, let's, let's you know, adapt this for TV. But none of the actors, absolutely none of the actors, were cast in the video version. It's very interesting. Right. That's probably not terribly unusual, though. Well, it really was really? kind of un- it I mean, was, was unusual because most of the time, the kept... people that were on radio did the television version. Sometimes. Now, like on Father Knows Best, the only person that made the transition was, was the dad, right. you know, was Robert Young. Right. But... I mean, on Jack Benny, everybody made the transition on Phil Harris and Alice. I mean, all of the different comedy shows, Red Skelton, uh, made the transition. So most of the time, it was the same actor, but not on Gunsmoke. They, and they really wanted the roles. I mean, William Conrad yeah. really wanted that role of U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on television. Um, they, uh, the producers wanted John Wayne. They, they really tried hard to get John Wayne to star as um, in that series. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, I can't do it. I'm busy with movies and this and that. And so I have an actor, though, that would be great, James Arness, kind of an unknown guy at the time. But he said, this is the guy you need to hire. 
And they said, well, would you introduce the show? The very first episode of Gunsmoke on television was introduced by John, by John Wayne. Wayne. And he said, here's a guy that I know you're going to love, James Arness. And he was great. I mean, John Wayne was right. You know who James Arness's brother was? Mm. Do I? The lead actor on Mission Impossible. I did used to watch that show. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Gosh, why well, I'm, I'm like right now. Oh, I'm, I'm looking. A, I thought you were waiting for me to say it. I'm having a brain we'll, freeze right we'll now. We'll look it up, or I'm sure um, one of our listeners James will let Arness us know. Is, uh, yeah, his, his the uh, lead actor on Mission Impossible. I'm having a brain freeze, but I will uh, we'll figure that out. But right now, it's time for Gunsmoke. Let's go back to August 27th, 1955. I yes. think it's Peter Graves. Peter Graves. There we yes, go. thanks, Lisa. All right, August 27th, 1955. This is a show called Doc Quits. Here's William Conrad. U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad, the transcribed story of the violence that moved west with young America, and the story of a man who moved with it. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. It's a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful. And a little lonely. Yeah, what, Chester? Ain't that Doc's buggy setting up by Joe Crumley's shack there? Huh? Uh, yeah, it must be. Masters like them couldn't afford a buggy. Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, let, let's stop and see what's going on, huh? All right, sir. <laughs> I bet old Doc will be surprised to see us way out here. <laughs> yeah, it's not much of a place Crumley's got there, is it? Strange. My. They better quit if you ask me. Now, let's time to the buggy, Chester. All right, sir. Who's that out there? Uh, it's Matt Dillon, Miss Cromley. Hello, Marshal. Ma'am. Matt. Hi, Doc. Chester. Hello, Doc. Uh, we, uh, we were on our way to Fort Lauderdale. We saw Doc's buggy, so we thought we'd stop and say hello. 
How you do, ma'am? Chester. Uh, your husband sick, Miss Crumley? No. No, Marshal. He died, Matt. Oh, I... I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. Doctor, and all he could just... Just weren't no use. I might as well not have come. I couldn't do a thing for him. Now, Doc, don't say that. You've been up 24 hours trying to save him. It's not time that saves a patient, Mrs. Crumley. It's knowledge. Knowledge I don't have. You know what there is to know, Doc. Nobody knows more. Your husband's dead, Mrs. Crumley. I wanted to save him. You tried. Uh, what are you going to do now, ma'am? Uh, can we help you in any way? Thank you, Marshal. There's nothing. With Joe gone, I can't stay here. I reckon in a day or so I'll... I'll pack up and move on. I I don't know where I'll go. I, I've got no place. I, excuse me, I've got to get inside. Poor lady. He didn't have to die. It's not your fault. Well, then Doc. whose fault is it, I'd like to know? Now, Doc, you're not making sense. It's being a doctor that doesn't make sense. Spending my life trying to look into the faces of people like Mrs. Crumley and having to listen to them thank me for letting their people die. Oh, I'm sick. You need a drink, Doc. I know what I need. Now, why don't you leave me alone? Get your horses off my buggy and... Go on up to Larned or wherever you're headed for. Uh, yeah, sure, Doc. Come on, Chester. Matt? Yeah, Doc. How long are you going to be gone, Matt? No. Maybe a week. Uh-huh. When you get back to Dodge, I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. If I'm still there. Well, how do you do, sir? Uh, this is Chester Proudfoot. Chester? How you do? I came by before, Marshal, but uh, your office was locked up. Well, we've been away. We just got back. What can I do for you, Mr. Betchell? Why, nothing, sir. Only wanted to meet you. I met most everybody in Dodge by now. I've been getting acquainted. You know how it is when you move to a new town. <laughs> you gone into business of some kind? Well, not exactly, Marshal. I'm a professional man. Oh, well... What? <laughs> that is, I'm a doctor, Chester. I know. Well, we, we've got a doctor. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure meeting you both, and I'm sure we'll be good friends. I, uh, I would admire to buy you both a drink next time we meet. Good day, gentlemen. Good day, Dr. Betchel. 
You know, it's a funny thing, Chester. What? Doc said he'd buy me a drink when I got back. He did? Yeah. If he's still here, he said. That is the first portion of Gunsmoke, August 27th, 1955, show called Doc Quits. Great uh, supporting cast in here. Parley Bear, Georgia Ellis, Howard McNear, Lawrence Dobkin, James Nusser, um, George Walsh doing the announcing. And, um, yeah, this was the last show of the season in 1955. And this uh, particular episode, a lot of the radio shows, they would then air them on television. They would take the script and adapt it for TV. So this aired on radio in 1955, and then in 1959, James Arness and all of that group did this show on uh, on TV. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. What? Right. You did got you one of those something? things to read? You got one of those things to read? <laughs> Tune that whole thing all right. out. Okay. The proud, honorable men and women of our military are sacrificing their lives and the lives of their families for our freedom. Please take time to remember and pray for our men and women fighting overseas. This salute, courtesy of law offices of Roy F. McGinty in Downers Grove, serving our listeners with reliability and integrity. For information on the services they provide, call 630 743 9907-630-743-9907. Law Offices of Roy F. McGinty is thanking our military for their dedication and service. So any kind of uh, memorial um, celebration? Well, this, it's not uh, really I know, celebratory type I know day. that, okay, but I mean, are we, well, we're going to celebrate um, the fact that we're free in the United States of America thanks to our armed forces. We celebrate that every single day. And, of course, we do remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice on Memorial Day. But are you getting together with any of your family or anything like well, that? Well, I live with them, so yeah. I'll no, be getting nothing together special, with them. then, in other words. <laughs> yes. She's difficult, isn't she, Ashley? <laughs> you know, What Carl, mic are you on, Ashley? You're on That's four. four. <laughs> Ashley Byhan is here. She's going to be producing Hi, John Hassan's show in a little bit. Congratulations, Ashley just graduated from college. Wow, that's right. So that's a big accomplishment. I just, especially for I just Ashley. graduated no, from. Ashley, what did you? Uh, what did, What was your major? I was a double major in marketing and broadcast communications. Wow, I only had a single major. I was. Uh, I studied to be an astronaut. I took it's up so space. Successful. Uh, that joke has been rerun so many times. I'm not sure it has the same impact listen, it you four always, years there ago. There are always people out there that haven't heard it. Are you sure? There's, there's, okay, I'll bet is there anybody out there okay. that hasn't heard Carl say if, that joke If yet? you haven't heard my I took up space joke, text us. Okay, but only if you Let haven't heard it and appreciated it. No, if you've never heard me say that joke. <laughs> and appreciated it. I don't it. say it every show. Almost. I just say it like. Pretty much. I think pretty much. You find no. a way. I'm pretty sure you do. No. You've got a way to just fit that in there. No. All right. Well, you fit it in, so. I tried. To fit. Well, it worked Congrats. out perfect. Oh, here comes Roger Baddish. Hey, Roger. What's up, Roger? Hey, Roger, did you know that Carl went to college and studied to be an astronaut? Did you know that? Wow. He must He must have taken up space. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
All right, I can see that the uh, the train has definitely derailed the tracks here at the WGN Radio Theater. So I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. America, our military is sacrificing for our freedom. Please take the time to remember our men and women fighting overseas. This salute, courtesy of Silva Painting, serving our listeners with quality, service, reliability, and integrity. For quality interior and exterior painting work, both commercial and residential, call 312-468-7135. 312-468-7135. That's Silva Painting on the air, saluting our troops. All right. So um, any vacations coming up, Ashley? Because you just uh, celebrated or you just graduated, are you going to celebrate <laughs> by going anywhere or doing anything fun? I'm coming here and working here, so it's oh, kind of fun. That's, that's kind of a vacation, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Right? That's what I studied. So I'm. I'm You're going to have a little to... uh, grad party. Yeah, I am so... going to have a grad party. We're going to have some fun. We sure are. Roger, are you going? I can't wait. Am I? Am I going to the party? Yeah. 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 You uh, are. I am. I am. Sure. Sam, I am. I am. Sam, sure. I am. Sam, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Who I am. <laughs> He'll, uh, I am. He'll call in. Uh, Via face chat. Make okay. sure you have some vegetables for Lisa. She doesn't eat anything but vegetables. Just well, let me know that, that ahead of time. It works out great. If we're both going, then she can have my vegetables, and I'll have the hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so you're not having hamburgers and hot dogs? Oh, we are. Oh, okay, good. Wait. But are we? you? Because are you coming? <laughs> well, I'll be there, maybe. Yeah, he's hedging, <laughs> Ashley. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Roger doesn't like package. to show up at social situations. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm very social. I didn't say you weren't social. <laughs> All right. Well, supposed okay. to play an I can't radio. wait. Yes. yes, I think we should do just we're, that. We're in the middle of uh, listening to Gunsmoke, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to part two in just a moment. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. This Memorial Day weekend, please arrive alive, never drink, and drive. The Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists Drunk Buster Program pays $100 to motorists who report an impaired driver that leads to a DUI arrest. This program is in effect year-round in DuPage, Lake, Kane, Grundy, McHenry, and Will Counties, and statewide on all major holidays, including Memorial Day weekend. Citizens are encouraged to report erratic driving to the police. This tip by AIM the Alliance Against Intoxicated Motorists. For more information, visit www.aaim1.org. All right. We are in the midst of tuning in to Gunsmoke. Uh, this is a show called Doc Quits, August 27, 1955. William Conrad, here's Gunsmoke. Chester. You want to stop in Delmonico's for a cup of coffee? <laughs> All right. Hey, look, Mr. Jones. What? Over yonder. It's docked by the window there. 
Well, he hasn't left. No, sir. Hey, there's Miss Kitty. Out there in the back there, see? Oh, well, I'll go say hello to her, Chester. You go sit with Doc. I'll, I'll join you in a couple of minutes. All right, Well, hello, Matt. Hello, Kitty. Sit down. Oh, thank you. Good to see you back. How are you, Kitty? Well, I'm all right, but I'm the only one. Oh, what do you mean? I mean Doc. He's acting like a bear. Oh? I asked him to sit with me when he came in, but he just grumbled something about not being fit company for anybody. And he went over there and sat all by himself. You know, he's been like that for a week. Yeah. Uh, he took Joe Crumley's dying pretty hard, Kitty. Well, that's just part of it, Matt. Oh? This new doctor, Betchel. Ever since he came, Doc's been getting grumpier. <laughs> Maybe he's been losing patience to Betchel. Uh, Doc's never had any competition before. Oh, he's got it now. Look. What? Betchel. Yeah. Oh. You don't mind if I yeah. coffee, Now, what's he up to? You know, he better stay away from Doc if he knows what's good for him. Well, maybe he's only trying to be friendly. I don't want to talk to you now, about anything. Don't you get all riled up, Adam. There's going to be a fight in a minute, Matt. Yeah, I better go see what this is all about, kid. Let me know if you find out. Yeah, I will. To explain my position, and if you care to listen to me for a minute instead of hollering all the time. Well, maybe I'll start carrying a gun, Betchel. Hello, Doc. Matt. Hello there, Marshal. Sit down, Betchel. Well, thank you, sir. I was about to. Just what are you buttoning on this for, Matt? Why don't you go arrest some drunks or do what you're supposed to be doing? It's good to see you, Doc. No, it is. Hmm? Hey, Doc. There's Jake Worth out there. He's beckoning to you. Uh, why don't you go see what he wants, Chester? Yes, sir. Who is Jake Worth? I don't think I've met him. Uh, Jake's a rancher, one of the biggest in the country. Yes, you ought to meet him, Betchel. <laughs> yes, he's worth a lot of money. Oh, now, Doc, there's enough here for both of us. He just won't be reasonable, Marshal. Reasonable? About what, Betchel? About my practicing here. I don't see why we should be in competition, do you? Well, if there are two doctors in the place, I guess they're bound to be in competition. Oh, two doctors. Now, wait just a moment. Everybody I've talked to admits there's more work here than one man can handle. Well, I guess that's true, isn't it, Doc? Oh, sure, yes, that's true. Why, of course it is. I've already got some patients. Now, my idea is to split the practice in a friendly way and then really go to work. We'd still have more than either of us could do. Tell him the rest, Betchel. Oh, yes, tell him the real idea. Well, sir, since we will be giving people better care and all, well, it's only fair we get paid more for it. What do you mean? He wants me to agree to a raise in fees, Matt. Yes, a raise. <laughs> he wants to make a lot of money. Everybody pays more than they can afford or they stay sick, according to him. Well, now, why shouldn't they pay more? Where'd you get the idea that being a doctor is like running a business, Betchel? There's nothing wrong with a doctor making a living, is there? You haven't even proved to me that you are a doctor, Betchel. Are you going to start that again? <laughs> He's one of these bleeding blister men, Matt. That's all he knows. Now, Dr. Adams, I am a patient man, but I've got my limits. Now, you watch what you're telling everybody about me, or there's going to be some trouble. Are you threatening me? Well, I'm just not going to stand for any more of your talk. Well, what are you going to do about it, then? I'm hey, going uh, to insist on... Uh, Doc? Yes, what is it, Chester? Uh, Jake Worth has brought his boy to see you. 
Jake? Which boy? Billy. You know, Doc, the, the puny, sickly one. Jake says he's getting worse. He's took to having fits lately. He's got him in a wagon outside. <laughs> All right, Chester. I think I'll go with you, Doc. You'll be in better company than staying here. You're jealous, Adams. You're jealous, and what's more, you're greedy. That's enough, Betchel. Why, sure, you're on his side, Marshal. But I don't care. I've already got quite a few folks on mine. Any scoundrel can fool people for a little while. <laughs> you coming, Mask? Yeah, okay. You're uh, being pretty hard on him, Doc. Not hard enough. Doc, over here. Hello, Jake. Hello, Doc. Marshal, how are you, Jake? I just couldn't leave him here alone, Doc. I never know when he's going to have one of them fits again. They come on terrible sudden. I got him in the back of the wagon here. Wait a minute, Jake. What's the matter, Doc? Uh, I, I might as well tell you now. There's no use my even looking at your boy. What? Fits and the way your boy is. I don't know anything to do for him. But you got to do something. Uh, I'm sorry, Jake. Uh, I'm real sorry. Maybe I can do something, Mr. Worth. Who are you? My name is Betchel. Jameson Betchel. I'm the new doctor. Oh, sure. I've heard about you. Oh, and I don't listen to him, Jake. He can't help your boy any more than I can. Doc Adams is a little old-fashioned, Mr. Worth. I can tell you there's always something that can be done for any patient. Oh, that's a lie. Let him talk, Doc. At least he's willing to try. There's nothing to try. I tell you, medicine doesn't understand cases like your boy yet. You're jealous of Dr. Betchel, ain't you? Oh, my jealous. Well, that's what I've heard folks saying. I didn't believe it at first, but I do now. Jake, I've heard all I need to know about Betchel's doctrine around here, and I don't think he should be practicing at all. I've told you to stop saying that. Now, I'll... wait a minute, Betchel. Let him talk. Well, I don't want to hear no more talk. No wonder so many folks are turning away from you, Doc. They need somebody who will help them, that's why. You think bleeding your boy is going to help him? There's other ways to treat him besides bleeding. Uh, like what? Well, if you don't happen to know, I Come don't... on, Dr. Betchel. Get to work on the boy. Why, certainly, Mr. Worth. Perhaps it'd be better if you drive him home first. I'll get my horse and follow. Anything you say, Doctor. Take down my shingle. And I mean it this time. Oh, now, Doc, you can't do that. You just come and watch. Once Doc made up his mind about something, there was no talking him out of it. He took down his shingle, all right, but nobody seemed to care much. Till two days later, when Betchel nearly doubled his fees. And then everybody blamed it on Doc somehow. They got mad at him. But that didn't bother Doc. 
He started going to bed early and sleeping late for a change. And most of his time was spent in my office playing penny-ante poker with Chester. He wouldn't even talk about it. Till the day I heard something I thought might rouse him. I went back to tell him about it. You just amaze me something fierce sometimes. <laughs> Mr. Dillon, you are getting this game. This is the easiest money I ever made. Oh, yeah. That's a while. Get it back, Chester. The whole 90 cents. <laughs> uh, Doc. Yes, Matt. You know old Miss Cullen. Mrs. Cullen? Well, I ought to. I brought her back to life half a dozen times. Well, you won't have to anymore, Doc. <clears throat> What's happened? She died about noon today. She did? Dr. Betchell decided a good bleeding was what she needed. Bleeding? That poor old lady. Yeah, her boy told me. No wonder she died. She couldn't stand that. Why didn't she send for me? Well, maybe she'd heard that you'd quit, I'd Doc. have gone if she'd wanted me. The only reason I quit is so people will find out in a hurry what kind of a doctor this Betchel is. It'd take him twice as long if I was still on the job. And the sooner they find out, the less harm he'll be able to do. What about Miss Cullen? Oh, she she was 90 years old, Matt. Betchel killed her all right, but she couldn't have lived much longer anyway. Maybe her death will save lives in the long run. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right, Doc. I hadn't thought about it that way. I'm going to go to the Alphaganza and have me a drink. Anybody want to join me? Chester? You know, a man who isn't working shouldn't be spending money, Doc. Can't think of a better time to spend it. How are you, Sam? Uh, What'll it be, gentlemen? Shot of rye and a glass of beer all around, Sam. Sure, Doc. <laughs> oh, Sam, uh, by the way, how's your back feel? Oh, why, I haven't noticed it so much lately. Well, I told you it might go away by itself. <laughs> well, you said there was nothing you could do for it, so I went to see Dr. Betchell. Oh, yeah, I suppose he fixed it. Hmm? He told me to mix some cold water and vinegar and salt and rub it with that. Vinegar. I've also been taking unicorn root and cayenne pepper. Well, you're a strong man if that hasn't ruined you. Well, <laughs> made me so sick I can't feel my back no more. Mm. Uh, Doc, I, I shouldn't have gone to him. That ain't no way to treat anything. I'll get you your drinks now. Well, Doc, there's one man who's found out. One isn't enough, man. Doc. Hello, Jake. You got to come out to the ranch, Doc. You got to come out now. Why? What's wrong? It's the boy, Billy. Oh. Well, I can't go, Jake. 
course you can. It's not my case. I told Dr. Bixler not to come back no more. I told him on my way in here. I guess you didn't make it too clear, Jake. What? I might have known that this was what you had in mind. What are you doing here? You're after Dr. Adams to take care of Billy. I sure am. Well, he's not going to do Don't it. Don't you tell me what I'm going to do. Betzel, after what you've done to that boy, it's a wonder he's still alive. I should have stopped you right off. What did he do, Jake? I'll tell you what he did, Marshal. When it got real cold at night, he took the boy's clothes off and made him go outside and lay on some sacks. And then he throwed buckets of ice-cold spring water on and kept it up until Billy was hollering and screaming. But finally made him quit. And that boy's real sick now. But Betchel ain't gonna get nowhere near him again. If you'd have let me finish the treatment, he'd been all right. Finish the treatment? If he'd have let you finish the treatment, the boy'd have died of pneumonia. Adams, you talk anymore. I'm just gonna tear you open. No, you're not, Betchel. Oh, let him fight his own fights, Marshal. No, I won't let him. Doc's too valuable a man to get busted up in a brawl. Why, golly, the marshal's right. I'll stand up for him, too. You're just a fool, Jake. Get out of those You're coming with me, Doc? On one condition. Why? That Betchel leaves town. Why, you can't... All right, hold it, Betchel. I don't know how you got started in this business. Probably in a medicine show. It's happened before. But you're a fraud. You're the most obvious fraud I ever saw. I won't. And I won't stand for your posing as a doctor anymore. Not around here, I won't. You've done all the harm you're going to do. I'm with you there, Doc. I said I'd tear you open, Adams, and I'll... Don't try it, but... Sit down, Mr. Dillon! I might have known a doctor would be carrying a knife. He ain't no more doctor than I am. Chester... Yes, sir. When he comes to, lock him up. We'll throw him on the first stage, leaving Dodge. I'll do it with pleasure, Mr. Dillon. Will you come now, Doc? You understand, Jake? I can't cure your boy's fits. I should have listened to you in the first place, Doc. There are a lot of people who should have, Jake. That's true, Marshal. Will you come, Doc? You can keep those drinks, Sam. I don't have time to waste in here anymore. Norman MacDonald stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Our story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin, James Nusser, Frank Cady, and Anne Morrison. Harley Bear is Chester, Howard McNair is Doc, and Georgia Ellis is Kitty. again next week for another transcribed story of the western frontier. It's America growing west in the 1870s. It's Gunsmoke.
That's Gunsmoke from August 27th, 1955. show called Doc Quits with William Conrad is heard on CBS. America, our military is sacrificing for our freedom. Please take time to remember our men and women fighting overseas. This salute, courtesy of Alley 64 Bar and Grill in Palatine. They're the best kept secret in town. Stop by 2001 North Rand Road in Palatine or call 847-934-6408. 847-934-6408. That's Alley 64 Bar and Grill on the air, welcoming our troops as they return home.